Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr and I'd like to welcome you to this brand new episode of the Black Ink Podcast. This is episode number 90 something and honestly I can't remember where I'm at with the numbers because I seem to be recording these podcasts and then getting nervous and deleting them. Rather than delivering you that raw honest truth that I've always been delivering, I've been kind of, I don't know, bitching out. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why I do it and I hate the gaps that it leaves in my history on YouTube because of course I want to be consistent in the content that I'm giving you. I want to continuously be giving you value and whatever that might be, my opinions or my thoughts. But unfortunately, I'm getting caught between seeing my role models on the internet being torn apart and cancelled because of things that they said thoughtlessly and just being my fucking most honest self that I can be with you, the internet, my audience, my customers, whoever it may be. I'm torn between these two places. So I try and protect myself, protect my future self. You know, obviously I'm putting in all this hard work right now. So I don't want to be caught in a situation in the future where I'm getting fucking torn apart over something that I said, not even really meaning it, just kind of saying it to add some value to my podcast or, you know, maybe convey a particular point. And I feel like it's not even going to be in the things that I'm talking about. It's going to be in the subcategories of things that I'm talking about. So I just, I get so self-conscious about the things that I'm saying. And obviously that I don't want to give you anything that isn't my genuine character because I plan on doing this forever. So I want to give you the thing that I know that I am because I know that I can continue to do that time and time and time again. And unfortunately the thing that I am is very honest. So I don't want to be too withdrawn with what I can do and what I can say. And at the same time, I want to be able to just like fearlessly put things up on the internet. And to be honest with you, the last solo pod- solo podcast that I did got me a fair bit of backlash. And it wasn't it wasn't really anything that kind of worried me or like emotionally um, upset me. It was more just the things that you've got to do, the things you've got to deal with. And most of the time, these things are dealt with by doing nothing at all, because realistically, the discussion doesn't give you any sort of uh, closure or conclusion to the situation. Usually it just creates a, an emotional unrest in both of you. So I think like just the fact that it comes in and you're like, okay, now I'm in a position where I'm creating content that has negative backlash as well. So I guess I just got a bit fucking shaken from that. And, you know, listening back to the things that I say, sometimes I go like, why would you say something like that? But then at the same time, Those tend to be the things that are the hooks in people's minds when they're talking to you later on. Oh, I heard you brought up this on your podcast. And I'm like, oh, out of all the things that I say and you took that seriously. But hey, this is the thing that I'm doing now. Let me stop talking about the thing that I'm doing because breaking the fourth wall is fucking boring and tell you about what's been on my mind lately because there has been absolutely everything happening under the sun. Look, let me tell you about the thing that is exciting me the most. Actually, no, first, let me address these sunglasses. Of course, if you're only listening to me, you cannot see that I'm wearing a pair of fucking very speed dealer-ish Arnett's. Now, you might find a pair of these bad boys at your local Ampole service station somewhere in the early 2000 or late 90s. But see, these days, all us boys that are late 20s, early 30s, maybe even in their 40s, are having these like relives of their fucking younger years. And these were like the cool cheap sunnies that your parents bought you back in the day. And now everyone's wearing them. Well, actually, I feel like everyone in Bunbury is going to be wearing shit like this this summer. Your boy's just ahead of the curve. All good if you want to go get yourself a pair of these glasses because you see me wearing them now. Hey, that one's for you. That's for free. You're welcome. Get these from Sunglasses Hut. I believe they're not a crazy expensive pair of glasses, but they're still they're still reasonable. They're not City Beach, you know. They're Sunglasses Hut. What's up? But point that I'm making is Riz bought these for me online, and I've been running these on the push bike. So you know, every time I go out doing wheelies on my giant talent, just ripping that one wheel. How you going? Wearing these bad boys and a helmet, I look like a respectable drug dealer. You know what I mean? Like obviously, rat bag doing a wheelie. Drug dealer with the glasses, respectable with the helmet. And of course, the hair's tied up all the time. So you know I've got a little bit of discipline locked in there somewhere. But I definitely have drugs on my person while I'm wearing these glasses. Because fucking look at them, right? But I just wanted to have a bit of fun and open the podcast. So those on, that's for you. Now, what have I been fucking excited about lately? Let me tell you about the first thing. Now, if you're regular with the whole Black Ink story and you listen to all the podcasts, you know that the winter range this year was the first time that I ever borrowed money to produce something for Black Ink. So I'm kind of careful with how I word that. What I'm saying is I've never borrowed capital to execute like a project. I've only ever borrowed capital for equipment. And it's always been reasonable loans that I can pay off in like the pretty much short future. So 
the idea of getting any sort of loan that was kind of outside of that short-term payable future was has always been kind of out of bounds for me purely because of how I've treated loans in the past. I was quite irresponsible as, as a uh, young man when I first had access to credit. I never got myself in any situation that I couldn't handle, but I soon realized that these normal stories that we tell ourselves about getting into debt or, you know, everyone else has got a loan for their car. So I get a loan for my car. Everyone else gets a loan for their house. So I'll get a loan for my house. It's normal to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. All these stories that we tell ourselves are not true. They're just stories that we tell ourselves to justify the things that we're doing to keep up with people that we don't fucking care about. So once I kind of realized that I did everything that I could to get out of debt. And once I was out of debt, which was like 24 ish, I want to say, I made sure that I never got in debt again, in debt again. And obviously you have to justify how much your like earning capability is like right now, as I stand, I know that my skills within black ink are kind of transferable to other industries, but if I need to make money, I can drive trucks, make $2,000 a week. And you know, that's, that's my earning capabilities somewhere between a thousand and 2000. If I'm willing to just completely do whatever it takes to earn money, I know I can earn that reasonably. Right? So when making any sort of like justification for borrowing money, obviously the place that you start is, well, it depends on what sort of businessman you are or what sort of, uh, you know, what sort of process you personally employ. But the place that I start is like, what's the worst case scenario? If I borrow this money and I can't pay it back, how am I going to be able to pay back my creditors if I can't make the money back on the thing that the money is borrowed for. So obviously it's like, cool, I'm, I want to borrow whatever it is. I know I can earn say $1,500 a week. Uh, I'm going to give myself a borrowing limit of whatever that looks like that I'm comfortable with. So based off the information that I work with to build the winter range was about $10,000. That includes all you know um, production costs, uh, marketing costs, uh, import taxes, all sorts of different things. It was it was an, a total package of I could do it for less than $10,000. But the idea was I wanted to borrow $10,000. Now, I went to two creditors about this and both of them approved me for that money. Uh, I ended up getting the money uh, reasonably quickly and executing all of my stuff reasonably, reasonably quickly. My timeline to pay back the entire $10,000 was uh, 16 weeks. So with that, this particular creditor wanted the entire amount back at once. They didn't want any installments or repayments. They said, just pay me back the entire amount once you've got it. Now, this is a fairly unorthodox way of treating this sort of situation. But at the same time, I fuck with that way of paying people back because I get like, obviously, like, you you know, you borrow 10, you spend seven. So you've got three in there. So then you, you've got a whole $3,000 where in my mind, I'm like, I can either spend that or I can just keep adding to it and start going towards 10. So the exciting part for me is, is like, as soon as I get over five, well, it becomes like a race and I'm starting to put money that isn't even involved with the winter range into that account just to get it boosted up as quick as possible. So the timeline for paying back the entire amount, the, the full 10K was 16 weeks, as I said. And this Tuesday just been, so six days ago, because I'm recording this on the 1st of August, 2022. So six days ago today on Tuesday, I paid that $10,000 back. And that was 10 weeks and one day past the day that I borrowed the money. So I fucking, I came in ahead of schedule. Uh, I, in, in reflection of, of like that whole project, I guess it's pretty cool now because I can sit back and look at it everything's paid for. Um, obviously how I explained, I'm not that keen to be in debt basically ever. So obviously having that $10,000 loan hanging over my head was kind of, uh, I wasn't intimidated because the creditor wasn't anyone who was like, I got a, I got a, the loan privately. It wasn't anyone that I was particularly concerned about if I went over the term or if, you know, something bad happened or whatever it might be, or if I had to borrow more money, it wasn't that it was just the fact that I'm in debt. You know, like I feel like for me personally, if I'm in debt, if I'm in any sort of like, let's say over $2,000 debt, I wake up every morning that I have that debt knowing that I'm working for that creditor today. That's what's going on. I don't have a problem with that, by the way. I don't mind working because I owe someone or some something money. That's fine. But that's how my mind works. When I wake up, I go, right, today I have to put on my boots. I have to go and do emails. I have to go and do this shit. I have to drive to this place by this time. I have to make sure my fucking, my teeth are brushed for this creditor, right? So 
I definitely, during that period of having that loan, I was flat out. I was like, right, doing everything I possibly can. Uh, and obviously, like, I'm very much like that anyway. Just having that debt kind of made me more motivated to, to go like, right, the timeline that I've set myself in, involves someone else. So it has a certain amount of responsibility that's, you know, obviously there is responsibility with it. There's a whole own portion of responsibility added onto it with that. So I really did a collect data which is really important because I've never done a range before. I've been given the structure of how to do it, but I've never executed one. I've never been alongside someone who's executed one. Every decision I was making was pulling information out of the air. So I was very much uh, like going through the motions that I'd planned out and like learning along the way. Like one big thing was I didn't account for the GST on the bulk order of blank garments. That order was a $6,000 order. So that's $600 that was unaccounted for in my plan because I was basing it off the numbers on the website, which all say not including GST. So there's like something that I learned. There's a bit of data that I collected along the way. You know, obviously I won't make that mistake again. So I was very uh, aware of trying to look for these indicators of like things doing well and things not doing well. And obviously things like the winter range VIP release down at Brooklyn 32 that we had on the Friday night. That was an awesome, that was an awesome event. That was an awesome experience for collecting data as well, because it showed me heaps of different elements about my business that I'd never realized before. And the, the data that I got from that, that event and is now translating into new products and new customers is priceless. What I learned there was fucking crazy. Just the fact that like females are willing to fuck with black ink if I really focus on making clothes just for them. And then within that, making sure that those clothes are a part of a set. So it's this and that. So they're like girls really appreciate that. And so learning that from that event was really good. The monetary side of it was I made X amount of money in Y amount of time. And I've never had that metric before. Like I've done things where I've released things on the internet and I've gone, oh, cool, I made a couple of grand in 12 hours or, you know, I mean, obviously that's one of my better experiences, like being completely transparent. Uh, but, you know, like to make a thousand dollars in <clears throat> in an hour or something on my website is like I've, I've done that like a handful of times now. So you go, oh, that's exciting. But like, uh, I, I, I don't know why there would be any reason why I can't say I mean, like at, yeah, okay. So at that winter range, I sold between four and $5,000 worth of clothes in an hour and a half. So that's, that's a new benchmark for me, you know? And obviously it took me a week of putting all those clothes together, together of like, and when I say a week, I mean a week in total. If you got all the chunks of hours and days and put them together, it would be a full week of work, I think, of all the planning and all the execution. So everything from like first design on a piece of paper all the communication to everyone that I had to have, getting all the garments, getting all the transfers, putting it all together, doing the photo shoot, organizing the bullshit, you know, organizing the event, putting all the things together, marketing it, getting everyone involved, sending all the DMs, doing all the shit, about a week's worth of work to create that amount of, um, you know, cash flow in that amount of time. So that to me says that people like physical events. Now, if you, the, the particular elements that were involved here, was it was a physical event. It was a Friday night. It was at a bar. Now, the weather was shitty, which is kind of a negative. But people still showed up. They still spent their money. And the more options I gave them, the more articles of clothing they bought. The average spend was so much more than I ever would have uh, thought was possible. And what that told me is, if I focus on doing that correctly, there is a really great fucking, you know, source of, of income. Basically, I was trying to look for a polite way of saying it, but that, at the end of the day, like I'm trying to make money to live, that's a good source of income. So creating these events and like even events in general, when it when, when it's not uh, selling clothing as well, but events is something that I know that I really enjoy doing because I really enjoy the atmosphere it creates. I really like seeing the community that is generated within Black Ink all integrating and talking. And it's funny because I'm still at the size now where... <clears throat> People seeing other people wearing black ink, they're like, hey, like, you know, Jake, you wear the black ink, you know what I mean? Or could you ride motorbikes? You know, like there's that still a cool thing where it's like we're, we're an unknown club, you know, like no one really fucking like unofficially, we're not anything special. But at the same time, like if you wear black ink, like, oh, you're part of the the, the crew who knows sort of thing. 
And this isn't going to last forever. I've talked about this before. It definitely won't last forever, forever. But for right now, it's super cool having these events. And especially like when I know homeboy over here rides and I know this person over here rides and, this, and then we all meet up for the first time. And the only thing we have in common is black ink and riding motorbikes. And typically those people always fucking get along. Like what the fuck? That is super cool. So if I can also monetize these events, obviously brilliant. Now running these alongside these releases that these ranges that I'm now going to be doing now creates, you know, now it's time to collect more data. Now it's time to look at spring and summer and look at, you know, what are the things that people are going to want to be wearing? What are the colors? Who, who are the sorts of people that I want wearing black ink in the summer? I know that sounds a bit weird, but at the same time, like if I know what my ultimate customer looks like, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I don't know if my, uh, you know, if my primary average, um, male customer I'm not sure many of them spend that much time at the beach. So releasing a board short in the middle of summer probably wouldn't be as effective as releasing like maybe a drawstring cotton short that you can just like chuck on for like riding a push bike, skating on a skateboard, that sort of thing. Makes heaps more sense, right? So it's like these these like whole ranges, I guess, are good opportunities to make money, obviously, and to like obviously flex the brand. This is like what it's all about is making clothes, making really cool things, but at the same time, treating it almost like an experiment every time like right what worked hone in on that what didn't work fix those problems and then while it's happening observe everything as it's going along and then when it finishes make the change like record everything make the changes that you have to make and then apply that to the next round oh man i'm so fucking excited so the point that i'm fucking making is i paid the loan back i'm a free man i walk around like i got a, a dick twice the size that it is which would be fucking ridiculous right i mean even if you start with a small dick and it was twice the size, it would be fucking mind. It would be life changing. It would be instantly be life changing. And I've got off the point. I've got off the point. And this incense will not stay lit. So the really exciting part about this is once I paid the loan back, I actually, <clears throat> like I've always got, I've always got, you know, like a little bit of cash because people make cash sales and that's so a little bit of cash. And like, I looked at the money that was left in my account and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't fucking believe it. Like the money that I have left in my account for the first time in, in a minute. And I know like a, a lot of these latter podcasts, I say, oh, for the first time I could afford to go out for dinner. For the first time I could afford fucking Hot Wheels. For the first time I could literally just afford to do fucking anything. Like if I wanted to fuel my car up and go to Perth overnight and stay in a hotel and all that was all good. Now, if I did something like that, it would completely fuck my bank account. But the point is I haven't had that freedom. I haven't had that real option. And like, I'm sure to do something like that, the money's always been within a stone's throw. But the point is having that power to do it yourself. I don't have to ask anyone. I don't have to plead my case. I can just make a decision and do it, you know? And that's powerful. That's what money is, is it's an indicator of how much power you have in your own life, right? Because right now, I have the power to do something nice for, for, for Larissa. I have the power to take us away for two nights. You know, I have the power to do that. And before I didn't have the power, it's quite simple. So the motivation to do this shit day in, day out and stay resilient and stay consistent is like not really having a hunger for money, but it's having a hunger for more power within your own life so that you can execute the things you want to execute. You know, and it just, man, it's fucking, that whole conversation's hard. Let's not go too too deep into that. But having a bit of money left over was a really good like, it allows me to obviously have that just fucking full sleep where you're like, cool, this is my day. I'm, you know, I'm, I did everything for me today. I didn't do it for a creditor, you know, uh, and waking up and kind of having that freedom going into the day. I know it sounds very airy fairy. I'm just sharing with you how I feel, but I guess it allows me to kind of like relax back into what black ink is. It, it, I did give myself a lot last week to the bust up three, which was a pretty fucking cool event. Like, so the first bust up, I'm talking about the Brooklyn bust ups, by the way, which we hold on Friday nights. We have a DJ drink specials. It's a fucking good time. Not every Friday night, it's specific Friday nights. And we call it the Brooklyn bust up. You can always identify the posters or the posts on Instagram and Facebook by a picture of some sort of nautical theme surrounded by the words Brooklyn bust up. Now the Brooklyn bust up version three was on this Friday just been, I believe it was the 29th, started at six o'clock. We had two DJs, we had two photographers. It was a fucking crazy time. Now, the first one was crazy, I should say. The first one was fucking wild. We had like 300 people in total through the door. It was pretty bizarre. The second one, 
I actually wasn't there because I, I was uh, I was ill at the time. I was unable to leave my bed. So that was actually a Sunday session, that one. So this third one, we're anticipating a fairly big crowd. Now I had about six days to market it. So I came up with some cool posts. I got them spread out, created the event on Facebook. I got two good DJs, Lockie McAllister and Jesse Sweetman. Organized a couple of security guards because we definitely didn't have enough uh, control of the last event. It's not we didn't have control. We didn't have the response we needed if something happened. And that's, that's a concern for me because being six foot three and fucking tattooed, people look at me as if I'm going to do something like fucking what? I'm going to run away, run away. And then when you look a little bit later on the direction I headed, I'll just be still running, but heaps further away. I don't just get clear of the fucking scene and then slow down. I'll keep running, right? The next time you see me in a couple days, I'd still be running, right? <laughs> so having the guards there was really good. Uh, I just did the numbers this morning. We got over 100 people through the door, which is absolutely amazing. We got over 100 people through the door that paid for entry. And I probably gave about between 20 and 30 people free entry. So, and obviously that's like a complete marketing strategy. You give particular people that actually interact with the page on Instagram and Facebook free entry because obviously they're showing that they're a warm value customer. They're most likely going to come anyway. Taking their $5 off them, they've already given you their $5 in energy by interacting with you on Instagram. So therefore you give them free entry. They come, they bring a friend. They end up buying six drinks between them and the free entry has paid for itself. See that? Marketing genius. Anyway, so... Following up from giving myself to, you know, obviously paying off the loan on the Tuesday, super exciting, celebrated by having way too much food at, I think it was Zambrero's and then we went somewhere else. I forget, it was a lot of food, right? So we have the food, we celebrate Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm just pumping the marketing for uh, this this event and also like just little bits and pieces, getting just getting physical operation stuff good for the event as well. Went to the event. Now, Friday was basically a full day at the fucking at the bar, like I was setting up fences, doing the lighting and audio with the lighting and audio guy, Tony Warden. I then came back, fucked around for a bit, had a sleep for two hours. I went back to the bar and then I was there from pretty much five until 10.30. I nipped home for one, for a little bit because Riz was uh, needed something brought home. So yeah, I fucking came home for a cigarette. Who am I? Hey, hey, hey. Wasn't even a cigarette. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, businessman. You understand? Businessman. So... When I went back down there, I was fucking pumping. I ended up leaving at 10.30. Now, the importance of this, no drinks, nothing, right? I ran sober for the whole night, which is a skill that I'm actually getting better at. So what I'm doing is, is finding myself out in the nightlife more and more. And I very easily slip into that thing where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm fucking, I'm I'm out. I'll have a drink. I'll have a good time. I'll let the good time turn into a night out. The night out turns into fucking kick-ons. The next thing you know, I've wasted two days and I'm emotionally fucked for the seven days afterwards. And what pays for that? Black Ink does because I'm less creative. I'm less motivated to do things. I'm more emotional. I treat things differently. So I have, I have accepted that I'm in the fucking scene. You know, I'm someone who operates somewhere I don't know exactly how and what the hours look like and and how the routine is structured, but I I do work in nightlife. So I have to, to a certain extent, have have the ability to be able to go out and not have to have a drink. I need to be able to still be social at night. I still be able to have to have that communication with people who are intoxicated. So I uh, was sharpening the sword on Friday night. I did a good job. I was home in bed by 11.30, fucking great. And Saturday, fuck man. I woke up feeling like, oh, you know, first time I could just relax and breathe out and chill out. And I still like Riz worked over the weekend. So I still spend a lot of time doing bits and pieces on work and this and that. Sorry, I shouldn't drink coffee on the podcast. And I'm not even going to stop drinking coffee on the podcast because I fucking love it. You know what I mean? But Saturday really was just like a you know, let the shoulders down, relax. It doesn't matter. If we don't get all our work done today, it really doesn't matter. We've got the whole weekend and the loans paid and the fucking events over. And I'm giving myself off the weekend next week because I just need, I've done so many back-to-back weekends of events that I just need to fucking chill. So that brings us to my original topic of what I've been thinking about lately. Well, it's different now, isn't it? It's different. I just told you why it's different. I tried something 
totally out there. I borrowed $10,000 with no indication that this was going to work. I just had little bits of data, right? From selling individual items. Most of the time, not even affording the amount of items that I'm going to sell, just affording one so I can photo shoot it and sell it. And then I borrowed 10 grand and then I made heaps of clothes. And then some items of those clothes in the first release were so popular, they immediately sold out, right? I then covered just about 50% of the capital that I borrowed in the first exhibition of this art to the public, right? Of this, these pieces, the first time they were physically shown in public, I almost made 50% of the money that I borrowed back, right? And then in just over like 60 something percent of the time that I allocated to have this paid back, I had it paid back in, in its entirety. And now I have products that haven't even been released yet, that haven't even been photo, that haven't photographed or promoted yet that are ready to sell, that every single dollar that I make on them is for me. I still have a full rack of winter garments that I can now give to influencers. I can sell them obviously as they are in, in, in public. They're obviously all for sale still on my website. Um, I really realistically want to sell the majority of these before winter is over, not because I need the money, but because I don't want to take, you know, warm stock into warmer weather. So things are obviously different now. And when I look at not just my confidence in selling the thing that I'm making, but my ability to make money in general, because this is just one avenue of the shit that's going on in black ink. Now, I don't want to, we literally don't have enough time to talk about all the avenues in one podcast. We can maybe talk about two right? We probably are going to talk about too. So when I look at just this avenue of money generation in my business, I look at it as a real business. Now, this isn't me just playing marbles in the sand. This is me with like systems. This is me with planning and execution and results. So I look at Black Ink now as, well, what is the next step? And I talked a little bit about getting a staff member in the previous podcast, probably one of the ones that I didn't upload because I'm a fucking idiot, right? I talked about getting a staff member and that is something that I do need. I need someone who can follow me around and record videos and you don't have to have any experience. You don't have to have any equipment. You just have to be able to fucking show up and work for probably less money than what you were for the first like six months until this all starts really pulling together for me. Not the point. If that's you, contact me by the way. But when I start looking at what is the next thing for Black Ink, Obviously, I now have so much freedom to just create whatever I want to create. The G-strings is just a good example to myself that like you think of it, you imagine it, you're going to be able to make it in reality. And like realistically, the G-strings are really fucking easy. I don't know whether I just got lucky or whether just shit is actually easy and people just don't try it enough because I feel like it's the latter. The more I try to do shit, the more it fucking happens. The more I ask of the universe, the more I get back, right? So now I'm just excited to make things. Okay, so what do I need? I know what it is. I know what it is. And the good thing about asking this question and having an obvious answer is that means that it's probably intuition pointing you in that direction if you are so lucky to be able to listen to your intuition. Um, But that's probably your intuition pointing you a particular direction. And for me at the moment, it's to get the most badass, expensive, fast, over-the-top, expensive Mac that I possibly can and somehow figure out a way of affording it. Now, what does that look like? $3,800-ish. And look, by the time I get some fucking accessories and a bit of wank factor, get some LED lighting, let them know what's up. We're probably talking four and a half grand, okay? Now look, do I need all the accessories and bullshit? Absolutely not. But that's not the point, okay? Because I don't want to get there on the day and have to borrow 20 bucks off Larissa because I'm a little bit short. I want to get there on the day and like the winter range, I want to borrow 10,000 and spend eight of it or whatever it was, right? Eight and a half. So let's say four and a half thousand dollars. Now the crazy part about this is that four and a half thousand dollars is an equipment purchase and realistically that money is not going to get any return on it. That is something that is going to, I guess in tax terms, it's going to, what's the word that starts with D and, oh, you know, deteriorate, demonetize, something like this. I don't fucking know. You, you know you know what I'm saying. It's It's got to fucking depreciate. There we go. Oh my God. Given to me from the infinite intelligence itself.
But with that said, four and a half grand isn't crazy. Uh, I don't know where the fuck the money would come from, but the point is, that's what I'm thinking about, is that's what comes next, is a computer. Because at the moment, I'm kind of, uh, I'm jammed, right? So I've got this situation where my, my computer, I purchased when I first started truck driving because I didn't have a computer, and for some reason I knew back then I would need a computer, right? So I've always had MacBooks, I went and got a MacBook, Pro Air, one of the two. It almost has to be, I think it's an Air because it's so, MacBook Air, it's so thin, you know what I mean? And like pros are thick. Anyway, the whole point was like, I remember the dude saying like, oh, what are you, what are you going to use it for? And I was like, look, man, it's mostly going to be looking up shit on fucking Shock Mansion, Facebook, buying shit off eBay and watching Netflix. He goes, cool, this is a perfect one for you. So I get, I get it. It's like two and a half grand, whatever. You know, back then I was on fucking two and a half grand a week. So I just paid for it. And it basically didn't really do anything. You know, like honestly didn't do fucking anything. I think, and like, I've never had any luck syncing my phone and shit up. So it's, I've never had the cloud and shit turned on, rah, rah, rah. So basically just like inherited my fucking music and photo library and that jammed it. And I never really thought about it. You know, like I just kind of left it. And then when I started, you know, doing e-commerce and business and stuff, that's when I started to like be all of a sudden using my computer. And then, you know, I had to download Photoshop, then I had to download Illustrator and I had to download Word and I had to download Excel. And these Airs don't actually have that much operational room for you to put shit on. They've literally got enough to hold your your um, programs and then your actual files. They've built the Mac system, I'm guessing, based around the cloud system. Now I don't use the cloud at all because don't trust them, you know, because who are they? Who am I trusting? Who's the person that's responsible if it goes wrong? But I can say, hey, dude, why did this go wrong? And what are you going to do to fix it? No one. The answer is no one. It's a fucking email address. It's something that doesn't even get read by a human, right? So fuck them. I'll live off hard drives my whole life. Dude, I'll just print the documents out and fucking delete them digitally. If I need them again, I'll just scan them. You know what I mean? Fuck them. So now I'm logged in with a situation where I make so much fucking content all the time that my phone and my computer are constantly, constantly fucking just fucked. You know, they're like, I have to be so, even this here, like I had to delete two hour long podcasts and a 45 minute, um, minute, 45 minute podcast just so I could fit on this podcast. And then when I edit this, as soon as I make the new copy of it where I cut off the front and the back, I have to delete the original because these are like four or five gig files that your phone is just creating through the fucking camera app, you know? So what I could do with this next computer because I have this space issue with this laptop and also I have the speed issue because it's a MacBook fucking Air from when I first started truck driving, which is like, fuck man, it's got to be four years ago, right? So I've got a pro, like a, a, a processing issue. I've got a space issue. And also it's a laptop. It's like, well, by going to the next, like by getting more processing power, I would then be able to do video editing on my computer. And also now that I've bought the Canon M50, which is the mirrorless uh, camera, which allows me to record in HD as well, I can then take files that I use on the camera and edit them on the computer and get a better result, thus making my content more attractive. Now, this is one of those things where I've been doing what I'm doing for as long as I've been doing it through my phone. So it's really hard to justify spending the $750 on the camera. It's really hard to justify finding four and a half thousand dollars for a computer. But the cool thing is, is that I know that like I use the camera on the weekend. I connected up my old Canon flash. It worked perfectly. I got brilliant results with the camera all night. And then when I gave it to the other photographer, so did he. So that really proves its usability and functionality and efficiency. I'm really happy with it. And if I can afford $750 for that new camera and then the lens that I had to buy for it as well, which is $125 posted, should be here today, fingers crossed. That means that I can afford four and a half grand for the computer, right? I just put it on lay-by and just figure it out a way to pay for it. And then one day I just get to go and pick it up, right? That's how business works, okay? For me, just listen to my gut, put things on lay-by that you want and figure it out. So that's kind of exciting. That's exciting. Because then it lets me move into this like other realm of, of what I think I actually really want to fucking be, which is a content creator for YouTube, right? 
Now let's talk about it. This is the other fucking avenue of the business that I was talking about. Being a content creator for YouTube. Look at me, dude. I'm excited about talking about it. That's the shit that I'm talking about. How many times can I say talking about in a 30 second block? Huh? That's what I'm talking about. Now, the reason that I'm excited about making content for YouTube is because of the whole fucking structure of media and entertainment as it is, right? So if we talk about what people are doing in like in general these days, it's getting themselves distracted. It is finding dopamine hit after dopamine hit after dopamine hit. And whether they get it through their fucking genitals, their taste buds, their ear holes, their fucking whatever you want, it doesn't matter. That's what they're looking for. Now, what's happening is, is we actually used to get a fair amount of feedback and response from just living fairly naturally and organically. Unfortunately, with this technological kind of creepy tentacles that are coming into our lives, the more and more of it that we get, the more and more of it that we like. We try to fit in little gaps between here and there with listening to a section of a podcast or maybe an album or maybe even a phone call. Seldom do we just sit and not meditate, but just be. Just stop and listen. We don't do that shit anymore. If we got silence, fuck boy, let's go. Rogan it is. Or hopefully listening to the Black Ink podcast, which you have liked and subscribed to. Now, what does this mean? This means that when I look around as a producer, okay, because we've talked before about producers and consumers, and I'm guessing that if you're listening to this, you're a consumer. Now that is fine, okay? This is purely a categorization that I've made up within my own mind that helps me better navigate my own ADHD probably. But basically how I see it is in this world, there are people who like consuming things and there are people who like producing things for people who consume things, right? And the way you can figure out this categorization for yourself is when you watch a movie, do you care about what's going on in the movie or are you thinking about how they made it and where it's going and the structure and and all the bullshit behind what's actually going on? Because I've never enjoyed a movie. I've only ever thought about what the fuck is actually going on and how they made it and, and what the actual narrative is going on. Right. So as a producer, I look at this situation where people are looking to be distracted and get these dopamine hits. Right. And I think, well, where do they get them? They get them from Instagram. They get them from YouTube. They get them from Netflix. They get them from anything that has to do with media. And the reason is because media is basically the only thing that can affect your senses without you having any input. Right. So you listen to something or you watch something and you're getting input without having to give anything back to it. You can just be and exist and it can entertain you. So as a producer, if I want people to be consuming my things, I think about where they're going to be getting that content. Now, obviously, Instagram is something that, to be honest with you, I don't have much trust in it lasting. I do give it a lot of attention attention and energy right now. But to be very honest with you, I use what I'm learning from Instagram as basically the network of information they're going to use to apply to the next thing that takes off. Now, this might be YouTube. That's the point that I'm making, but I think it might might also be something else. If we get time to talk about that, we'll talk about that. Now, when it comes to how people are absorbing this media and entertainment, it's very simple. Like people go on Netflix and they watch the bullshit that they've, you know, oh, we watch episode four of season six of fucking Ozark last night. We're going to watch episode five tonight, maybe six. Might even binge it and get to seven. Fuck it, it's Friday, right? And we know this because we all have conversations. Oh, have you seen Peaky Blinders? Have you seen uh, the fucking one with the fat kids? Spooky, whatever it is. Like, I I don't know. Um, have you, you know, a office or US, a US or UK office, you know, shit like this, shit that doesn't matter. But everyone has that conversation because we're all participating in it, right? Which means that somehow we've all got to spare 24 hours in our life to consume all of the fucking, um, what's the one with the dragons and the eggs and the kings fucking the queens and stuff. You know, how, how do you have 48 hours in total to watch all of that spare and like take it really seriously. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like realistically, people are consuming heaps of media, right? Now look, the one thing that is coming to be very fucking obvious is that people don't like being lied to. And this is why mainstream news doesn't really fucking matter to the majority of people. I would actually guess that close to 100% of the people who listen to this regularly 
probably have no idea what's actually going on in the news. Now, I say going on in the news in air quotations because when I talk about what's going on in the world, that's what's actually happening, okay? And by the way, if I'm ever going to report on what's going on in the world, I can tell you what's going on in Kerry Park and maybe about four other streets in Bunbury on any given day because that's my world and that's what I can honestly tell you about. So if you hear me talking about some other shit, fuck that guy. Don't listen to that guy, okay? That guy's lying to you, okay? But this what's on the news bullshit doesn't occur to people anymore because we know that if it's not a lie, it's a really fucking jaded perspective that probably doesn't reflect the truth, right? So when I go on Netflix and I see that something is 90% rated for me to enjoy it and I go on there and it's the worst bullshit scripted acting you've ever seen and it's produced by Netflix, that makes me think one or two things is happening. Either I'm fucking retarded or Netflix is trying to fuck me right? And hey, it's probably Netflix trying to fuck me, okay? Because I only pay $10 a month to get that bullshit amount of media that they've so beautifully laid out for me to select from. So why not? Why not point me in the direction of something that they created so that they somewhere down the track can affect their bottom dollar by 0.0000, few more 0.1%. Go for it. Fuck me. But I'm also probably not retarded, Okay. And I don't mean retarded in a mentally fucking disabled way. I mean retarded in like, you know, don't be retarded, you know, that sort of way. Now that's a shit I should be worried about getting canceled over. But watch me post this. Watch me, okay? I'll click post, whoops. Oh, click, oh clicks post. The point that I'm making is you go on YouTube and it has shit that's suggested for you. Now, there, I don't know how anyone's algorithm works, okay? That's some more shit that's outside of Kerry Park and those four main streets of Bunbury. I have no fucking idea about algorithms. But one thing I have noticed is that when I just let YouTube play some shit, like, you know, I put on some drifting or I put on some Your Mum's House podcast or I put on some skateboard fucking international competition. And then it plays endless amounts of videos of shit that is like that, that other people that have watched that and the other collection of shit that I've watched on the library of shit that is like probably millions of times bigger than Netflix's library. And they just accurately give you these results saying we're probably going to like this. Why? Well, I don't know, because fucking billions of other people have already decided for you. And Netflix are like, yeah, but... Our millions of other people have decided for you. It's like, yeah, but your library is like people deciding among shit. And that's what it is. You know, on a deeper note, I wasn't even going to talk about this. Let's explore it in real time. You're going to see these thoughts turning from fucking ideas that are pixie dust into fucking words. Are you ready? I think that people don't fuck with movies anymore because we realize that's not real life. And I think that this argument that people watch movies so they can have some sort of escape out of reality or so that they can... you know, see something purely bizarre. I mean, sure, there's a little bit of merit in it, but at the same time, people living fulfilling lives typically have no reason to escape anyway. Like I feel like, and I don't know, look, this is why I need to think about things before I say them on the podcast, because now I look stupid. Now it's like, well, dude, there's people in the world that are going through completely different experiences that you could never understand because you don't even understand that these experiences exist. So therefore, how can you appreciate that they might need some sort of escapism that they get from watching fucking, you know, someone taking their shirt off in a movie? I was trying to fill in a reference, but you know, hey, didn't. But yeah, dude, I don't know. I think that people fuck with my brand because I'm real. Because I don't waste any time talking about shit that you could have guessed yourself. I'm not going to come up with a narrative that you've seen before. I'm going to tell you shit that's happening. Because realistically, I don't have to come up with anything super cool. My story is so unique, I just have to be transparent about it. And I think, by the way, you're hearing all this background noise. It just started raining. My apologies. I can't control the weather, by the way. Um, I tried one time and I got hemorrhoids. So I just, that was my, my one and only time trying to control the weather. So when I look at a platform like YouTube and I look at like my, if I'm honest, my role models are like the, not role models, I guess, as far as like, they're role models in a way because they're, they're showing a potential future that I could embrace in, you know, particular elements of it. So when I watch people like, um, the Logan Brothers, uh, basically all of the 
when you know like the impulsive podcast the nelk boys are really like i would i don't like saying role models but they're definitely people that i look up to as far as what's possible in this kind of entertainment industry uh also comedians joe rogan uh tom segura christina pozitsky uh, of your mum's house uh, theo von christalia uh brendan sharp you know the whole eric griffin that whole gang and all that like the fighter and the kid king and the sting and obviously congratulations podcast all of that like this past weekend by theo von all of those like and watching how they're produced and how they're put on the internet and obviously like you can tell by the fact that i have a sort of a set here suggests that like you know i guess i've replicated some things that i've learned off those guys so when i look at what they're doing and and how they're generating their revenue from it obviously it ties perfectly into the idea that i already sell clothing like i guess from the outside it kind of looks like black ink is an apparel store but i think honestly black ink is me and the apparel is the merch of me i know that sounds ridiculous but it makes more sense when you start to see me as the main character of a youtube channel that has a merch site as well now obviously nothing actually changes between these two distinctions it is purely just a way of like having a perspective of what's going on in my mind but it also opens the doors of like okay let's say i've got the camera let's say i get the computer and i've got that editing capability we fast forward six weeks in the future i've edited a dozen photos i've got a general idea of how it works okay Let's say I've got a videographer who follows me around for $100 a day, two days a week. That gives me a couple of days beforehand to plan all of the content that I want to shoot. It then gives me a good 16 hours to go and collect all of that content. I can then edit that and turn that into movies. And alongside that, I've got one little bit of data that I haven't told you about yet. Now, the dog farted. She's not even near me. I can smell her fart. She's been farting all morning. I gave her heaps of chicken last night and she's like, (laughs) mm-hmm. You wait, dad. You wait. Monday morning, it's on, right? So I have recently been doing doing podcasts with guests. Now, I've done three podcasts with guests so far. We had Gage Edgecombe at the start, Ryan Youngman, number two, and Aidan Mori, number three. Now, I've also got Matthew from Lost Bills, who's going to be on the podcast this afternoon. So if you're a fan of formerly Maddie James Blake, now Matthew Gamina... I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that word on the teleprompter. Um, if you're not, uh, if you're a fan of Maddie, <laughs> then definitely uh, keep your eyes peeled because that podcast is going to be coming out now. These videos on YouTube, these solo podcasts, get about thirty views each. Now, considering I've done almost a hundred of these, it's kind of embarrassing. Hey, do I still show up and give you my best? Of course, I'll give you no fucking less. Now. I did the first guest. Now, Gage, he shared it. His sister shared it. A few of his friends shared it. And that is at 600 views and counting. Yes, 600 views. Yes, the average views of my solo podcast were 30. And he is over 600 views on that podcast. Now, the fucking terrible part about it is I fucked the audio. I didn't have an extension lead for my mics. So consequently, I've got mics that are like a meter and a half away from us, but it sounds like we're a meter meter and a half away. Now, Gage doesn't really project himself the way I do. He's, he's a bit soft-spoken. Unfortunately, he was the one with all the comedic gold who we could barely hear. So I learned from that. <laughs> the fucking thing that's got the most amount of views has the shittest audio. Do I feel like a dickhead? Sure, who cares? Moving on. Now, the one that I did with Ryan, it gets itself 150 views in the first fucking 24 hours. The one that I do with Aiden gets itself over 250 views within 48 hours, right? I'm over 100 subscribers now. I've now got some sort of value that people are fucking with, okay? And now that I'm getting a little bit of result, I'm starting to think, well, what is the actual content that you want to make? And it starts with simple stuff. You have to get the simple stuff out of the way. How to care for a cotton t-shirt. Uh, the, the bike walk around, uh, talking, you know, doing a walk through the studio, 24 hours in the life of black ink, all of these simple things so I can get them out of the way. But then once I've got those out of the way and we start to learn a bit of technique, we've got the cameraman who's starting to like apply a bit of, you know, black ink style to how they do things. So all of our shit is congruent and it makes sense and it's continuous telling, telling a narrative. Then we get these little opportunities where things will pop up just the way they do. And we'll be able to respond to that by making content. 
And a great example of this already is the Freestyle Kings coming here on the 13th of August, 2022. They're doing a show at the RAC Arena. Now, I'm super excited because I've got two friends who are riding there, Jake Holloway and Muggins. So I had to fucking, I can't afford it, but I had to. So I got myself three tickets. I got myself an Airbnb. Now, the fucking funny thing about this is those three tickets are for me, a videographer and another person. And I'm hoping that the videographer is like someone who's also down to like party and get some good content so we can swap the camera around and get some content of each other, get some content of the show, hopefully see some of the boys after the ride, maybe before the ride, maybe the next day, whatever it looks like, just go and have a good time, record it all and make a little video out of it because I have the equipment. So while I don't have the money to do this, I can find, I can justify finding the money and going and having fun on the terms that I'm going to get, you know, at least a good YouTube video out of it and hopefully some good stories and, and all the rest. So I'm excited about making video content is what I'm trying to say. I've always been excited about making video content so much. So here's a, here's a fucking blast from the past. Did you know when I was like fucking, I would have been like eight or nine years old, I made a video using our home fucking recorder, right? A home video recorder that recorded on a literal tape. I made a video of like the Fast and the Furious 2 before it came out using Hot Wheels. I am not joking. I gave it to my friend. I think his name was Cody. He was a bit younger than me. But I made I made the second Fast and Furious using Hot Wheels and Lego characters in my bedroom at Port in Port Hedland using a fucking handheld video camera that records on onto a tape before the fucking Two Fast Two Furious was even released, brother. I've always loved making videos. I've always loved fucking the like it seems to come so naturally to me how to edit things and like where the cut should be and where the music should be and with with what should be teamed up with what and what order things should go in. I seem to just know these things. And as I'm recording, I already see them slotting into the places in my brain. So getting this next bit of equipment, it's not like some other things that I've experienced in my business where I'm like, oh, it's a massive learning curve that I'm, I'm not scared of, but I'm not looking forward to having to figure that thing out. This here is like, Show me the editing software. Let's watch all the YouTube videos. Let's start recording content. Let's start making cool things. Let's make short things. Let's make long things. Let's make all these sorts of different fucking pieces of content and just get fucking enamored by it, you know, because for me, that helps speak the strongest narrative to the audience. And it just so happens that I've got a product to sell at the same time. So by the way, I've got a couple fucking little floating ideas in the back of my, in the back of my mind. Let me talk about one thing that is really fucking exciting. What I'm going to do is, be, it, it, what I'm going to do in the coming future is host a day called the Black Ink Team Building Day. Okay. The Black Ink Team Building Day is a cross between a year seven excursion and a Bucks Day. Okay. So, what would happen is, and this would be for Bunbury and Perth residents, you would pay somewhere between 150 and 500 dollars okay now it would be a fixed amount for everyone there is a limited amount of positions and a maximum amount of positions of nine people so the idea is the entire day is 12 people there is one driver one videographer me and nine other people right we all pay an equal amount besides the videographer and the driver because i have to hire them we all pay an equal amount of money and that money gets us two experiences and a meal and transport for the entire day. So you'll be picked up probably from a group location somewhere in Bunbury or in Perth, depending if you're one or the other. The events will be happening in Perth. These will be reasonably long days, but the idea is just like a year seven excursion and just like a Bucks day, you're going to fit in a whole heap of fun during that day and you're going to be completely fucking wrecked by the time you get home. Okay. That's more the year seven excursion part. You remember when you got home from that shit and you're just like, so much shit happened and it was so much fun. And I was, and I was like that. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're being carried to your room, just fucking like that, you know? Anyway, that might've been a bucks do that I went to actually. Okay. So the idea is, I'm going to be fucking honest with you, right? I just love days like this anyway. You know how every now and then you just have so much fucking fun as an adult doing something and you're like, hey guys, why don't we do fun things more often? And everyone's like, yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess until someone else gets married and we have a box day, fuck that. Let's just all put in a hectic amount of money and do hectic shit, right? 
So A, I want to have a good time. B, I want to collect content. That's a whole purpose of having a videographer. And am I going to feed you alcohol along the way? Absolutely. Okay. Now, was I being serious about that? And for legal reasons saying that I wasn't being serious? Absolutely. Okay. So we're getting good content. And that's the whole purpose of getting a videographer on board in the business now. So that when these opportunities come up, I've already got someone who speaks the black ink language, knows how the equipment works and is down to fucking do it with us. And you know what? If you're that videographer, hey, come here real close. Most likely you're going to get fucked up too. Right? Okay. And for legal reasons, you're not going to get fucked up. You're going to be more sober than the driver who's also going to be very sober for legal reasons. Moving on. Now, the date will be set and you as a participant will know absolutely nothing about what's going on. The only thing that I really need to know from you is if, if, if you have any dietary preferences, if you uh, have any special needs along the day, maybe you fucking, I don't know, I don't know. Whatever you might need, just let me fucking accommodate for you. That's all I need to know from you. I'm going to give you a list of things that you do need, that you can't bring, that you should expect, that you don't need to worry about. You're going to have an information pack before the day, but you're not going to know what's going on. Now, look, just so you understand what I'm trying to achieve here, okay? Obviously, a good time is primarily what's going on. A safe time is what we're worried about. The content is what's really, really important. And do you know how you get really wild content? you do really wild shit. So that money, whatever amount it is, is going to be purchasing an experience that I'm hoping gives as much possible black ink value as I can, because at the end of the day, I wanna capture those moments where you're fucking blown away by what's happening in that moment. I want, I want fucking 20 of those moments. Like we went out practicing on the motorbikes yesterday doing wheelies and burnouts and shit. We got one moment in three hours. I'm trying to get 20 moments in like 10 hours. Now, I'll give you a little slice, a little pepper for the salad just to get the fucking thought bank going. You're going to be picked up and transported all day and dropped off in a limousine, right? Standard. Fucking standard. Okay? So, sure. Let's say the price gets up to $600. Trust me. Find $600, put the shit on afterpay, it doesn't matter, okay? Because you're going to get more than $600 worth of value on the day. You're not going to have to bring any money with you. You might have to bring some money with you for a couple of drinks here and there. Fucking sue me, you know what I mean? So it's $700 for the day. It's a black ink training day. And you're going to come out of it trained, excited, exhausted, but fucking motivated. You understand? Something to think about. Another idea that I've been kind of toiling around with in the back of my mind. And if you've held on for over 50 minutes of this podcast, I thank you. I realized that I'd gone over time just before and I thought, you know what? I'm here for the long run. I'm just going to fucking do it. I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking about because that's what this is that's what this is all about is what I'm thinking about. So this other idea, and I'm going to wrap it up after this, so stick with me. This other idea that I've been thinking about is I've, I've always been a writer. I've always been a creative writer. I really enjoy putting sentences together. I enjoy the dance that words have on a page, especially when you handwrite them. I love the edit, the edit ability that Microsoft Word gives you. Like I just really appreciate words. I love the English language. It's super fun. Now, I've been doing creative writing uh, periodically. And I only say that because at the moment, like I think I've done like half a dozen creative writing pieces in the past month quite slow at the moment, but I've been through periods of my life where for years at a time, I've written at least a page a day. Um, I've been reading a lot more this year, I've found than writing. So that's like one thing. But the point that I'm making here is I'm actually interested in making some sort of publication coming into the future. Now, when you think about what sort of publication would be appropriate for Jake or Black Ink to release, it would be a book about Jake and or Black Ink. So I'm thinking what I might do is create a bit of a Like, I would like to think something that's about, you know, half the size of an A4 sort of thing, maybe a bit taller, uh, hardcover, probably 20 to 50 pages, and just like a kind of probably 60, 70% pictures, and then just like a few paragraphs per picture set explaining what's going on, and just a brief history of what Black Ink was what it is where it's going some of the main players who are involved some and like this is the thing i've got a fucking library of amazing photos of like behind the scenes stuff things that were posted on instagram you know things that were kind of uh a bit edgy back when i had the coffee van so 
And like even going further back of like showing what the coffee van was before it turned into black ink. Like I still have the original sketchbook from the fucking when we're developing all the logos. I've still got uh, sketchbooks full of like the original t-shirt designs before they turned into t-shirts. So I think it would be a really fun, uh, it would be a fun opportunity to just kind of put something together, even for the sake of me having a copy of one of these, like just a fun little kind of coffee table read. So look, if you'd be interested in something like that, please let me know, because this is something that I'm working on very, uh, you know, like small parts at a time because it's something that I feel like obviously it doesn't bang as as good as a shirt and it takes a lot more effort than what a shirt does to produce. But at the same time, I think there might be some people who will fuck with it. So if that's you, let me know, reach out in the DMs or put it in the comments, do whatever, just fucking send me a smoke signal for all I care. Just like and subscribe the video. Be good to your mom because I am fucking out. Yo!